Thank you for joining me. It's Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment, and I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome today to our channel and to our viewers and listeners, someone who is probably one of my longest standing recruitment friends. We've known each other for almost 20 years, and she's going to do her own introduction, but Nina Lockwood of Intuitive Executive Search and Interim. Would you like to say hello to our audience, Nina? Hello. Hello, Leisha's audience, and hello to Leisha. It's an absolute joy to be with you. I can't, we can't possibly have known each other that long because we're only in our early 20s. We are. So that would have been a very long time. Yeah, it's a very long time and, and always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's two, 2003, if memory serves me right, when I came to see you for the first time. And I've been asking you possibly since then to come on the podcast, and you finally agreed. And it's just a joy to see you today. So for all of those watching and listening, we'll obviously share Nina's contact details and you'll see how long we've known each other for. So I wanted to bring you on today because one of the things that has always stood out about you, apart from the fact that we you know, share a very similar mindset, we're both very supportive of you know, of very similar values and principles, is the fact that you are, the, to me, the ultimate niche expert. And you obviously set up your business in a sector that I don't think you had much sort of provenance in so I want our audience to hear this story so over to you walk us through that journey and how you became this sector specialist okay um so so in terms of the business and and who I am so I'm the founder and director as you've said in, intuitive interim and executive search so a bit of a mouthful so we we refer to ourselves as intuitive we're a boutique agency and we specialize in the UK transport sector um, but primarily rail. And um, you're absolutely right, Leisha. When I entered into this market, which is just over eight years ago, um, I knew nothing and I knew nobody. So I had been on a train and my great granddad was the station master at Birkenhead. Um, so I had two very tenuous links there, but I, I honestly, I didn't know anything. Um, but what I did know, having at that stage been in recruitment um, for, I guess, around about 15, 16 years, um, which I fell into, by the way, it wasn't, you know, I'd kind of had a, a corporate career before that in financial services um, and then a consultancy career covering various different industry sectors. When I set up my own recruitment business um, eight years ago, I wanted to focus on a brand new sector. And um, I did some research and uh, not, you know me well enough to know I am not an analyst in any way, shape or form. So it was very intuitive research. It was kind of what does this feel like? Um, and I came to the conclusion that the rail industry in the UK was on the cusp of some quite exciting change. And, um, and I think it's fair to say, and I, I will share this with my, uh, with my rail clients and um, my contacts in the industry, as well as widely with your audience. I think it's fair if we were to put all of the people in the rail industry in a room, certainly eight, ten years ago, and say, everyone here who joined the industry to serve a customer, please put your hand up. I don't think we'd have generated much of a Mexican wave, Leisha. Right. I think that people joined the industry because they wanted to, um, to work with trains because they genuinely like trains, which I have come to like too, the confession right, right there. Um, they were engineers. Mm -hmm. uh, they like working with heavy engineering. 
and and for a lot of them actually because their dad and his dad and his dad's dad all worked on the railway so it was a very traditional um sector you know where people just follow in each other's footsteps um, my take on that is that I think over so many years now, certainly the last 20, 30 years, the British economy has, has started to realise that the impact of service is huge. Mm. We've learned a lot from, from our colleagues in America in terms of, of service, the service culture over there. And I really felt quite strongly that there, there needed to be that change and transformation in the rail industry where you need that level of change you need new leadership and therefore that's where people like you and me come in because we need new people and we need different skill sets different knowledge different experience definitely and so that was eight years ago you rightly say you're not an analyst but you are a very intuitive person dare I say it tactile you get to know people you're that you are the ultimate networker as well so how have you immersed yourself obviously we're now eight years in how have how has that gone for you that's a really interesting choice of words Leisha because um I, that is feedback that I've had from clients and candidates and connections in the industry so often is that they will say to me you really immerse yourself in the sector um, in fact, our, our friend in common, D.D. Doak from Recruiter magazine, um, I have had the absolute privilege of being shortlisted for an award in the Recruiter Awards last year. And I went down to London to meet with D.D. in a panel in order to be interviewed um, for my award nomination. And D.D. said to me afterwards, she said, I've never met anyone who is as immersed in their client sector as you she said because if i said to you which industry sector do you work in you would say rail you wouldn't say recruitment and that's absolutely true and it's not something that I, that had ever occurred to me before um so yes i am completely immersed in my sector this means amongst amongst other things this means that when i go to the hairdresser and all of the other ladies in the salon are reading vogue and red and bazaar i'm sat there with my modern railways magazine um so so part of it is looking for every opportunity that i could find to really understand the industry sector what does it do what's the history of it um, what are the current challenges and issues? So I've done that by speaking to people. That first 12 months um, was drinking lots of coffee, wearing out lots of shoe leather, literally just talking to people to understand um, their view of the industry, what its, what's, what its little quirks are, which there are many of them. It's quite a complex industry in terms of who does what and who pays for what and who gets the fares and all the rest of it. It's quite quite complicated. So I spent 12 months on a kind of mini MBA course, if you like, just talking to people, um, asking lots of questions, and then obviously listening quite intently to what their responses are. Um, that grew my network, and that's been the other key thing. So LinkedIn, obviously, is amazing for that. So connecting with people on LinkedIn and following up that connection request with a let's have a proper introduction. And, um, and I think the rail industry is quite interesting in this respect because for, I would, my conversion rate of, um, of asking for a proper introduction, i.e. let's have a meeting, let's not just be connected, 
um, my conversion rate's 50%. Wow. So I'm, I'm kind of really chuffed with that because, you know, you're just a randomer who pops up in their timeline and then people have been interested enough to say, yeah, let's, let's have a proper let's conversation. Actually take it to the next level. That's really interesting. These are all yeah. good learning points for other people. Yeah. So they, that's been really great. LinkedIn's been fantastic. Um, not only from the connection perspective, and of course I needed to grow my connections and still do, you know, you've got, you've got so many connections, Leisha. You are like Mrs. LinkedIn. Incredible. I'm a novice. More than me. There you go. No way. Really? Yeah. She's got about 2000 more than me. So there you go. Wow. Blimey. Well, I need some lessons off you ladies. Um, but for me, the other, the other really useful part of LinkedIn as a tool is is it's where I get a lot of my information so practical information where people are sharing articles sharing newsletters um, that's that's giving us actual factual information about what's going on but the other aspect to it that's really key for me is reading other people's comments around those so finding out what the mood music is what are people thinking how are they responding um, and what do they think of that piece of news? You know that right. So that's going to happen next. What's the what's the reaction? What's the response from the network to that? Um, so I've learned a huge amount by being connected with people in the industry who are really experts at what they do, and they give an opinion, they share an opinion. That's helped me to learn. Yeah, so um, so I think that LinkedIn has been great part of the networking piece identify the key people in the industry and introduce yourself and ask for a conversation um, i do think the rail industry is quite different to any other sector i've ever worked in because people have welcomed me with open arms um, i think i was a bit of a novelty to start with you know i think in in the first instance that there was a curiosity factor kind of right who is this woman that's pitched up that nobody knows who she is so yes let's have a conversation and obviously i use that to my full advantage um but but ask the question people in my experience people want to share their knowledge they want to share their experience um, so, so identifying the key people, asking for help in understanding the sector was, was really important for me. Um, using LinkedIn, as I've said, read the journals. Um, so there are a lot, a lot of them out there. Each industry sector has them. Um, read them, subscribe to them, make sure that you are commenting on the stuff that's, that's contained in them. Yeah. So uh, one of my best uh, networking tools was um, a, a tweet that I did oh. in the early days. I literally tweeted about a comment that an ed the editor had made in Rail Magazine and uh, then he engaged in a conversation. Wow. We then met up and ultimately that relationship resulted in me becoming a judge for the National Rail Awards. Wow. So, you know, four years later, but you nurture the relationship, you get to know each other. Um, it's part of my, my learning process as well, which was brilliant. Um, very on a similar theme, attend the webinars, the seminars, the conferences. This is so much easier now because you can do it online. You don't need to pay the train fare to go down to London to then attend a conference. 
Um, we're obviously missing out on a huge amount of networking there, but you can still attend webinars and, um, and soak up the information, listen to the key people speaking, connect with the key people who are speaking as well with your comments on what they've talked about. So another way of using LinkedIn. Um, and, and I think the other one for me um, is I've tried to involve myself in activities that are not necessarily um, all about recruitment or the service that I offer to a client organisation. So I'm actively involved in Women in Rail, which is a, um, a group which has been established, um, gosh, probably now eight or nine years ago. That was established to support women in the industry and to support them with their careers and pushing themselves forward. We've got a massive challenge with diversity and inclusion in this industry sector. So, um, so I'm actively involved with the Northwest Committee for Women in Rail. I'm a mentor on the Women in Transport Mentoring Scheme. Um, and, and I'm doing a lip syncing video for the Rail Aid um, uh, fundraiser. So I'm going to be singing Sister Sledge, We Are Family uh, in my kitchen in order to raise money for all of the children that um, are, are kind of, we've, a lot of children who are found on railway stations and need looking after and pointing in the right direction. So I get involved with stuff that's important to the sector that, that fits with my personal values as well. Um, and the thing that I would encourage anybody to do once you've done all of the above is have the courage to share your own views and your own opinions. Um, and that it does take courage because you're talking out amongst people who really know what they're on about. But making a contribution to the conversation, I think, is really key. Doing so, all the things that you've talked about up until that point, it's all about building credibility and the gravitas that you will then have. And people will see you as a, an insightful, valuable part of that network. You're not just the recruiter. You are someone that they will come to for that information. So I think it's knowing when to start having that opinion and to sharing it because you'll, you'll know that from the feedback that you're getting. And what I love about all those things that, I mean, you've just had me riveted to my seat is because it, that is to me the opposite of so many transactional recruiters. And that's why you are seen as this incredible champion of your sector. You are seen as an industry specialist, which I think as we look at, sort of life, I won't say post-COVID because it ain't, it's not going anywhere, but as we look at how things will develop into a new normal, the recruiters have, are going to have to adapt how they behave because otherwise they're just going to become this massive noise on, on LinkedIn. You're going to have to be that go-to specialist and all those things. Actually, if you break them all down, it's all about communication. You and I have talked about this so many times during our friendship. It's about how you communicate and it's about, you know, everything that you've said is about your brand name. It's being intuitive. And it's without having those conversations and communicating with your customers, whoever that might be, you can't know and you can't add that value. So it's all those things there. I mean, we'll definitely put them in a bullet point. And can you share a link as well for that? What did you call it? Rail aid? Gosh, I, I mean, that's just a different world, yeah. isn't it? That, that's a thing. So... I want to see that because I can't believe that you're, you have seriously put yourself out of your comfort zone this year, haven't you? <laughs> Is that I really TikTok? have. Is that on TikTok? 
no i don't know i haven't recorded it yet it's got to be done by thursday so of course okay. i'm going to do it right at the last minute lisa you know me well enough to know i work on a just-in-time principle yeah. um, there are a number there are a number of, of senior people from the industry so i'm in very very good company we're all going to record and lip sync to the song and then i believe some clever whiz is going to edit all of those so we'll put it all together so it'll be lots of us all singing but doing it in the comfort of our own homes we will make so sure, yeah we will make sure we share that and you know the, the the leadership and the mentoring side i mean that again it's all these additional things that if for people listening and watching if you're sat there as a tech specialist or you're in financial services or you're in hr or you're in legal actually forget the rail element this is about you becoming that industry specialist going above and beyond giving something back all the things that you're talking about if you were just to take them on in their own entity it wouldn't work but all those things combined have built up your reputation and the fact that you are now seen as as an industry leader and not just a recruitment provider so it's it's all yeah. really it's really really useful so thank you so much for joining us today you've been a wonderful guest of me and i love your we are intuitive trained mind you does it actually move <laughs> is it just an ornament Oh, it's just an ornament darling it's a heritage rail sign so and we've got um, got some sign like pictures up on the wall behind me as well and there's there's one there which i particularly love which talks about for the um it's a sign that came from um the london brighton and south coast railway and it's the sign for the prevention of consumption um, which tells us all that we really shouldn't be spitting on the railway. So, um, so it's just warning us off. So, so a sign of the times, really. Times, um, most definitely. There you go. Much harder to spit when you've got a face mask on. I <laughs> want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you've joined us. Thank you so much. And we'll obviously make sure all your contact information is on the channels so that people can watch and listen and start following you and, and sort of learning from an expert. But I'm personally delighted that you joined me today. So thank you so much, Nina. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure too, Alicia. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome.